left knee, something happened to it. I pulled something in it a couple of weeks ago, and that knee was hurting every time I walked. How many of you all have given thanks for your left knee lately? Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't, we don't appreciate stuff. You are listening to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com. This message is 5445. That's 5445. The title of this message is Praise on the Way to the Promise by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. And now for the message. Welcome to Brothers of the Word. Because, brother, you need the Word. And today, as I was sitting there getting ready to deliver the sermon that is all typed out and all prepared, something happened to me that has never happened before. I literally felt a presence and a pressure on the right side of my face, on my jaw. And I put my hand up to see if there was something there, but I knew that there was nothing there. And then I understood that it was literally the hand of God as he was touching my jaw on the right side for what I am to speak today. And if you notice, for those of you who are here or watching on television, there's nothing on the podium. There are no notes, no printed material or anything. And oftentimes, God will send me in that direction. And I had a sermon that I thought was divinely ordained to be delivered today. And that sermon was entitled, Everybody Plays the Fool. And I said, Lord, what about that sermon that you'd already spoken to me? That everybody plays the fool sometimes. And he said, if you don't deliver what I have freshly given you, that's a fool. (laughs) So I don't want to play the fool today. And I want to be obedient to what God has spoken. And for someone who is present today, and for someone who is listening electronically, you'll understand of the message that God has just redirected me to deliver. So it's not prepared. It's not organized. It's truly a fresh word from something that has never happened. I literally felt the touch of God. And let me give you a little background on the origin and the foundation for this message in my own world. Some of you have heard me speak years ago that... God has spoken that he's going to pour down great spiritual gifts upon this ministry. And when that happens, our rate of growth and the explosion will be virtually phenomenal. And I I ask him, Lord, when you grant this spiritual power, he has told me the problem is not in the power. The problem is in your ability of your pride to handle it. And for so many of us, the reason that God cannot give us too much stuff is that we cannot handle it. And I remember asking him years ago, I said, Lord, well, how do I deal with it? How do I keep it under control? And he said, service of the lowly. And I asked him, I said, where do I find the lowly? And he said, buttermilk bottle. And I gave the story years ago of how my brother James and I, we went to Buttermilk Bottom of what we thought was. And everywhere we went and we asked the people, is this Buttermilk Bottom? They always told us, no, this is not Buttermilk Bottom. It's over there. And they sent us to another neighborhood. And we went to four different neighborhoods. And every time we went to one, 
we got there and asked the people, they always pointed us somewhere else. And it was a couple of years ago that I saw a sign over near the Civic Center, a little green placard that read Buttermilk Bottom. The last day for me of doing 42 was on last Tuesday. And always on that day, from the last experience, God made something miraculous happen. And he began to breathe into me, I want you to go to Buttermilk Bottom again, and I want you to take James with you, because you need to take him so he will be able to interpret what you will find there. So I called them up and I said, look, we need to go to Buttermilk Bottom again. And there's something there that we need to see and we need to go today. He said, I'll be able to go at 530. So at 530, we got in the smart car. And I said, let me put it in the GPS. I just want to see if Buttermilk Bottom may be listed in the GPS. And sure enough, in the GPS is a location called Buttermilk Bottom. So I put it in the GPS and pressed go. And we drove and we drove down Piedmont. And as we were following it, it said another mile to go and a half a mile and 0.3 miles and 0.2 miles, a tenth of a mile, 500 feet, 400, 300, 200, 100 And then it said, you have arrived at your destination. And as I stopped the car where it said we had arrived at our destination, we were parked on the street right in front of the entrance to the Civic Center. And the GPS had an arrow pointing to the right, directing us directly into the Civic Center. And as we stood there and looked around, James said, this thing is not what you thought. You thought Buttermilk Bottom was literally the ghetto. And as we looked around, there were all of these brand new condominiums and townhomes that were several hundred thousand dollars each. It was a long way from a ghetto, but yet it was pointing us directly into the civic center. And James says, I have a new revelation on this thing. This is not what you thought it was when God told you it would be in Buttermilk Bottom. This place is in a large auditorium. He said, this thing has to do with the destiny of the church you're going to have to build and the crowd that will come when God sends the power. And I noticed that there was some type of event going on at the Civic Center. All of these people were flooding in. So I went and parked the car. And we walked back along the sidewalk and I noticed folk just getting out, going in these buses there. So I walked up to one of the ladies and I I said, excuse me, what is going on here today at the Civic Center? And she said, this is the Pentecostal convention. And I said, whoa. And the revelation began to unfold and I quickly looked it up on my phone to see what the seating capacity of the Civic Center was, is 4,000 some odd seats, almost exactly the size of the church God has said we would have to build. And as I was sitting there, all of this was going through my mind as I felt his touch against my jaw. 
And this is what God wants you to know today. And someone is going to desperately need this now and in the future. What that civic center represents is the promise that is to come. Even on last Sunday when I left church, my wife and I had a meeting. It was an open house at my third uh, oldest son's school. And as we were there at the school, we finished the open house. There was another very well-known minister who was there. If I called his name, many of you would know it. And he walked up to me after the service and he said, Pastor Bronner, he said, I see that your church is getting ready to explode. He said, it's going to get so big and grow so big. You're going to ask the question, God, why have we been there all of these years? And then all of a sudden now we have this tremendous growth and change. And that was only one of the more recent prophetic utterances that have come about the upcoming change. But but that's not what God wants me to talk with you about. Not the growth, not the change, not the ark, not even the promise, because many of you have had prophetic from both external and internal promises and words of God about things That are to come in your lives. That's not what he wants me to talk with you about. What he wants me to talk with you about is this. Is to learn to be happy waiting on the promise. To learn to be happy waiting on the promise. Some of us feel that Lord if I can just get What you've promised. If I can just get the promotion. If I can just get the partner. If I can just get the provision. If I can just get the potential of what you have promised. Lord, if I can just get that. Then I can be fulfilled. And I can be happy. And I can be at peace. Lord, if you will just let me into the promised land. That you have told me about. So many times we focus on the promise. And and what God had to almost. It was just a gentle pressure that I could feel. But sometimes. Some of us will respond to gentle pressure. But some of us have to be slapped. Because we don't respond to gentle pressure. God just wants to breathe into you today. Be happy. While you're waiting on the promise. And the promise oftentimes when we're dealing with divine timing, almost in every case that I have seen, it always takes longer than we figure. And if we don't learn to be content and to be happy with what God has provided us with and to see the beauty around us and to be able to give thanks for where we are, we will take a mentality even into the promised land that will get us in trouble. Because even the promised land people has problems. That's why when they went and spied out the promised land and and the spies came back, they, they told and said, look, there are giants in the promised land. Even if we were to have and when we get a humongous church that will hold all those thousands of people, don't you know there are going to be some giants in that big sanctuary? 
Brother Ivan, don't you know that as minister of music, when you have that many thousands of people to deal with, don't you know, even though many more people will hear your melodious words, don't you know you're going to have some more problems? You will have more issues than what you can even imagine now. When the bigger, my, my father used to put it like this, the bigger the dog, the more fleas it has. There, 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 there's more stuff that goes along with it. And oftentimes we put our lives on hold. We, we put our emotions, we put our joy, we put our happiness on hold because we are waiting on the big promise that God will deliver but we're miserable all this time we're waiting on the promise. Can you imagine when you look at even the first of the promised children and when you look at Isaac and Sarah, Sarah was 90 years old before she got Isaac. Can you imagine what she would have been like if she had been miserable all that time waiting on the promise? Three fourths of her life she lived without the fulfillment of the promise. And God is trying to send a special word to someone here today. Be happy, be content, be joyous while you are waiting on the promise. I, I, I get so many prayer requests from single women saying, Lord, if I can just get a husband. And they're miserable waiting on the promised husband. And they get the rascal. And it's not like they figure because even even the most sainted of me have some problems, have some issues, have some stuff that go along with it. And we don't realize and God wants us to be happy while we are waiting on the promise. I, I live in a I live in a very large house. It's about. For all practical purposes, it's about as fine as you can get in houses. Anything beyond that makes absolutely no material difference whatsoever. And yet when we moved into the house, after we had been there for a few months, I asked my wife, I said, look, what do you think about this house compared to our old house? And she looked at me and kind of leaned her head to the side a little bit. She said, well, to be perfectly honest about it, I kind of like the old house better. And all of the children like the old house better. You know why they like the old house? The old house was cozier. It was more closed and it was smaller, but, but everyone was together. It, had a, it just had a warmer feel and it was quieter. The, the new house, you know, it has these tall ceilings and these wooden floors so when you walk it echoes all over. It's like you're in a big hall. It has a different vibration. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful house. But I understood then that if you're waiting on this big stuff, you're going to find some stuff that's wrong even with your big new stuff. God wants you to learn and know and to have the revelation today, he, he just changed the whole message because he knew someone needed this and someone needs it desperately because you're unhappy and you're unhappy because you don't think you have what you ought to have. And God is telling you right now, you need to be happy where you are. He's telling someone, look, I'm, I'm going to take you to some much greater places. But there is a principle that if you're not satisfied with what you have, you will find flaw with what I'm going to give you. 
It's one thing that he told me years ago that I, I still see clearer and clearer and understand better and better. When he told me basically that everything in the material plane is flawed. Every person, everything, everything, when you look at it close enough, it's flawed. And, and we're waiting on this change and we're waiting on a change to come. And God says, I'm going to fulfill my promises. But if you're not happy now, there is a very high probability that you won't be happy when I give you all of the stuff. If stuff made you happy, then people who had stuff wouldn't need so many psychologists and psychiatrists. If the stuff made you happy, if the stuff made you happy, the highest incidences of, of higher level drug abuse wouldn't be in the fancy neighborhoods. Do you know what the number one prescription drug is in America today? Many of you may think it's something for lowering of cholesterol. That's not it. Many, many of you may think it's something maybe for, for blood pressure. That's not it. Many of you may think perhaps maybe it's insulin. That's not it. Do you know what the number one prescribed drug in America is today? Antidepressants. Antidepressants. Folk are sad, mad, down in the mouth, sorrowful, thinking bad, and in trouble. And see, when you go to the doctor to get an antidepressant, as a general rule, those are not poor people. Because poor folk don't take antidepressants. Well, Pastor, what do you mean? You mean poor folk are not? No, it's not that they're not depressed. They don't take antidepressants. You go to any poor neighborhood, they don't have Zantax and all. They don't, they're not taking that stuff. And they may have a drink of Thunderbird, but they're not taking, they're not taking antidepressants. So you don't find anti, you go to any poor where the people are really poor. You're not going to open up the medicine cabinet. You're not going to find the Zoloft, all those fancy antidepressant drugs. You're not going to find those in poor neighborhoods. Those are among middle and upper class people. Those are being taken by the people who have the stuff. But they're depressed. And they're depressed because they have never grabbed a hold of the principle that if you're not happy, with what I have graced and granted you with, you're going to find flaw, you're going to find error, you're going to find condemnation in the stuff I'm going to give you in the future. So, so God was even as he was breathing and speaking into me, yeah, I'm going to give you all of this big stuff. But you need to be happy if you're preaching to three folk. You need to find a joy. You need to be able to see the grace and the grandeur in every single face that I have given you. And, and sometimes, see, he's telling me and he was speaking to me, but he wanted to me to bring the message to you because he understands his people go through the same thing. And you can stand here and you can stand before what may appear to be a small congregation imagining, well, when I get this big congregation and when the seats just go way back to where I can barely see them, when it goes way up to the roof and I've got, a, I'm in the middle of all of this huge crowd, then it doesn't work that way. If you're not happy now, 
If you don't appreciate every soul and everything that God has given you now, when you get all that big stuff, you're going to have to go and get you some Zantac because then it's not going to be like what you figured. It's going to be some more hassle, some more headache, and you're going to find complaint and you'll find problem in the midst of all what God has given you. God is saying to you, be happy on the way to the promise. Because if you're not happy on the way, you won't be happy when you get there. You got to be happy if you're in a single room apartment. And, you know, that makes a whole lot of sense. And when you understand some things, it will truly change your outlook. It's not the size of the room where you sleep. It's the quality of the spirit that is inside of you. You You can be in a master bedroom that's. The house that's across the street from me is 23,000 square feet. The master bedroom to the house is 5,000 square feet. Just the master bedroom. But the problem is the people who live there bust it up. And even though the first floor to the house is two big sides, the first floor is nothing but an indoor swimming pool. But the people who live there even though they had a 5,000 square foot bedroom, bigger than 90% of most houses. They had this huge bedroom, but they're laying up in the bed, can't get along, fussing and fighting. So with all of this stuff, and I imagine the man said, you know, once I get a 5,000 square foot bedroom, I'm going to have it made. No, he didn't have it made. Because he never understood the principle that is not in the stuff. And some of you are waiting on the 5,000 square foot bedroom. You're waiting on the indoor swimming pool. And you're waiting on all this stuff. You're waiting on the fame and the fortune and the power. And you say, once I get all this stuff, then, oh, no, it will not be. If you don't learn to appreciate every little thing that God has given you. And, And people, sometimes we don't appreciate little things until little things go wrong. And when little things go wrong... Then we can go. I I feel good. I can walk. I had a problem with my left knee. Something happened to it. I pulled something in it a couple of weeks ago. And that knee was hurting every time I walked. That knee feeling. How many of you all have given thanks for your left knee lately? Do you understand what I'm saying? We We don't appreciate stuff. Until we lose it. Until it goes out of whack. And then it becomes precious and valuable. God has granted and he has graced you with so much he's going to fulfill his word but with so many of us he cannot do it until we learn to appreciate what he has already given us so the word for you for this day is to be happy to be joyous to be at peace to be thankful to give God praise on your way to the promise Not waiting on when we get on your way to the promise. And some of you, when you start doing that, you're going to find that you've already got the promise. You're going to find that when you really start praising God for for what you've got, you're going to find, many of you are going to find, you've already got the promise. God has already given you just so much stuff. I mean, Solomon had all of this stuff. He was the wisest man who ever lived. God said he gave Solomon more wisdom than the sand on the seashore. 
More wisdom than anyone who ever lived. Solomon was wealthy beyond belief. And Solomon said when he got to the end of it all, he said, all, all is vanity. And if Solomon had realized that, still as wise as he was early in life, Solomon could not find a happy relationship. When you read through his writings, he says, out of a thousand women, I have not found one good one. Man had a thousand women. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Read it. He said, out of a thousand women, I have not found one good one. He wasn't satisfied. Now, men, you, can't, you just can't get more than a thousand. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. You just can't get more than that. I don't care who you You just can't get more than that. And he had the best. He had the prettiest. He had the brightest women in the kingdom. Out of a thousand women, he could not find a good one. It was not that he could not find a good one. He could not be appreciative with all of his wisdom, with all of his possessions, of what God had graced him with. So many of you right now, even though you may think that you are missing some things, you have enough and too much. And God wants you this day to change your attitude, to change your talk, and to be thankful for what you have on the journey to the promise. Sometimes God will do that. He will just turn the entire message away from something I had no suspicion of. But I have no question somebody needed that this day. And if you heed what God has spoken to you, that word is powerful enough, yet simple enough, to change how you go through the rest of your days. Just that one word of what God has breathed into this congregation and into your soul upon today. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen, and amen. You are listening to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This message is number 5445. That's 5445. The title of this message is, Praise on the Way to the Promise, by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. And now for the message. 